Welcome to Shetland with Laurie, a podcast dedicated to Shetland, the place and the people, with me, Laurie Goodland, a writer and tour guide based at 60 degrees north. The Shetland with Laurie podcast is for people who have visited Shetland, or who would like to visit, or for those who would just like to know a little bit more about life here. So welcome, I'm so glad you're here. Hello and welcome to episode 8 of the Shetland with Laurie podcast. On today's episode I chat to Amy Budge from the Bigton Farm. Amy and sister Kirsty took over their family farm following the unexpected death of their father. Aged just 17 and 21, they've achieved great things since they took over, including an appearance on the BBC's hit show This Farm and Life, and they were also winners of the prestigious BBC Country Files Farm and Heroes Award in 2018. Today they manage and run the 350-acre farm as well as another 350-acre farm nearby and an additional 300 acres of rented grazing land. Bigton Farm is in Shetland's picturesque South Mainland and has beautiful panoramic views across the Tombolo at St Ninian's Isle. The farm has about 90 cattle, 500 sheep, several horses and ponies and they grow 60 acres of barley each year. Farming is in Amy's blood and as a fifth generation farmer she is continually building on the hard work and dedication of all those who have gone before her. She's a real advocate for women in farming and promotes the Young Farmers Group both locally and nationally. And the Bigton Farm also were part of the Monitor Farm programme, which ended this year. And as well as working the farm full time, they also offer farm tours and Shetland Pony tours for visitors who are looking for adding an extra layer to their Shetland experience. So Amy talks about what farming in Shetland looks like, her work on the Bigton Farm, her time at Agricultural College in Aberdeen, and she parts with a final strong message which urges more women to get into agriculture. So I really enjoyed speaking to Amy and I hope that you enjoy it too. So let's just dive in and say hello to Amy. Okay, so hi Amy. Thank you very much for coming on the podcast. I actually feel quite starstruck to have you on here today. So thank you for giving up your time. I, I kind of, you're a busy person. Hello. Yeah, thank you. No, that's all right. Um, I'm really excited for this podcast. I think it's a great thing you're doing. So I was glad to be asked. Thank you. Um, I actually speak about you and your sister Kirsty quite a lot when I'm doing tours at the South Mainland and our guests are always just blown away by what it is that you do and even more so when we pass you driving a massive tractor and pulling a huge trailer so hats off to you. <laughs> oh thanks that is my favourite job to do I just love when you're in the tractor tunes on and you're um just feel infinite. You can definitely handle your tractor. I think that my husband actually quite fancies you when he passes you in the tractor. <laughs> <laughs> but for those who don't know you, could you just tell us a little bit about yourself and what it is that you do? I'm Amy Budge from Bigton Farm on Shetland. We have about 90 coos, 500 sheep, and grow 60 acres of barley. We, our farm is situated near St Ninian's Isle, the 
lovely, beautiful Tombolo that we have on Shetland. Yeah. So it's actually probably one of the nicest views that you've got in Shetland. Yes, it is. Um, just seeing when the blue sky and the blue sea is um, surrounded by the St. Ninian's Isle, it's just amazing. And you actually grew up on the farm, didn't you? It's been in the family for quite a number of years. Yes, um, farming is definitely in my blood. We, we're the fifth generation to farm, so I'm really glad that my sister and I farmed the land here. And you were quite young when you when you took it on, weren't you? So, I mean, what what age were you when you made that commitment to start farming? That's right. Um, I was about seventeen, I think. Um, my dad died that year, so yeah. we had a huge decision to make whether we were going to look to tack on the farm or just gear up and uh, since farming was in more blood we just couldn't let it go so mm. I think from then I can't I was gonna I wanted to be a farmer I always wanted to be a farmer and I was set to go to college and then my idea was to come home and help dad on the farm mm -hmm. so it was just a bit different and it just kind of pushed forward the future I suppose. Yeah so you were really I mean thrown in at the deep end because it was quite unexpected and and you're one of three three girls as well so there was no none of that traditional male heir to take over. <laughs> Absolutely, but I think if there was a male in our family, I would still be wanting to farm. I think it's just a terrible traditional idea that only boys tack over the farm. Um, yeah. I think it's just female and male are equal. In farming, there's so it's so advanced now that it's no needing the strength, but also I feel as strong as anybody out there. So I yeah. think from that perspective like I just love how we are women in farming and we need to put this out that anybody can farm there's always been women in agriculture in Shetland mm -hmm. they've always been at the backbone of it and I think you can really feel that in Shetland. So looking back traditionally then a lot of the time the men were at sea anyway so it really did fall on the women to be there they were there 365 days a year where the men would be away either at the fishing or sometimes at the whaling for long periods of time so I mean it's no it's no something that is historically unusual but today it is quite unusual for some. That's right yeah I think in Shetland we've got that history of when the men went out to sea then the women were left to work the land and that often happened but at the same time the women didn't get the recognition and I think that's such a shame because they were there working the land. Um, I think it's different in, well, maybe you could say the rest of the world, but certainly in mainland of Scotland, I agree that there's no that many women in farming. So I'm glad to get the story out that women can farm. Yeah. And do you think that it's been harder for you as a woman in the kind of male-dominated farming world and what would you say to people that might suggest that women can't do it? I think it's not been hard because the Shetland community is so accepting and 
they've really helped us through it. Like we couldn't have been here without the backup of the community and the support from everybody around us. And I think because women has always been in farming in Shetland, then we don't have a problem with that. But I think a lot of folk doubt you because you're just, you look like a pretty lass. They're yeah. like, how are you going to be that strong? But really we are strong and we can do any job that the, that boys does. So I think we have, there has been perceptions, like for instance, one time me and Kirsty were away and we they asked what we did and we said, oh, we're farmers. And they were like, oh, you don't look like farmers. <laughs> and it's like, that is so rude. I think you can be whatever you want to be. And we need to get away from this perspective that a farmer is a big, burly old man. Yeah. Because anybody can farm. And I think lasses need to get into farming. There should be more lasses there. Um, yeah. So I think any girl, a girl can do any man a job, can they? Yeah. I, I can remember coming to you one day with a busload of visitors and you met us to kind of show us the Shetland ponies. And you came in the park and you were wearing a boiler suit and your rubber boots and you had. Uh, lovely painted fingernails and I thought yeah hats off <laughs> <laughs> yes I just love my boiler suit it's so comfy to work in and I basically just live in my boiler suit and rubber boots and I think that does also fuck it looked, think, it, oh it looked so good with the painted fingernails <laughs> <laughs> yeah just fitting a girly spin on it absolutely <laughs> and in recent years, you've kind of you've kind of shot to fame both locally and internationally, and some people may recognise you for your appearance on This Farm and Life. So, what's your kind of experiences been of being thrown in front of the cameras, and what's it meant for for you and the kind of general profile of young farmers? Yes, we featured on BBC's This Farm and Life, and I think. So when they approached us, somebody, Pat, was forward for it and the BBC approached us and I was really keen to do it. I was so excited. I thought this would be brilliant. I thought it would get Shetland on the map and mm -hmm. I think it portrayed agriculture really well. But when it came to filming, it was so much harder than I thought. <laughs> I got stressed. I think I put too much pressure on myself to look perfect but farming is not a perfect career. Everybody makes mistakes and it's just the why it that you're yeah. working with animals and you've done a kind. It's so unpredictable. Mm -hmm. And I wish we could do it again and I might be a bit more inviting, but just the why of having a camera in your face and I didn't like the why the camera person was portraying with, but at the same time they edited it so well and yeah. I was really pleased to be on it. Yeah I think that you're always going to be your harshest critic because as a viewer I thought you came across absolutely fantastic and for me I was just really proud to see Shetland on TV and just to see like, young people doing fantastic things as well and I think that you really are a huge asset to, to everybody here and it was a, a fantastic series. Oh yes, thank you. Um, it's been great as well, just portraying that 
young folk can get into agriculture and I think it's a job that more folk would as well. And you were at Agricultural College as well so what did that kind of what does that look like you had to go I mean you can't do it here in Shetland so you were spending (laughs) chunks of time away. That's right yeah I spent three years at college in Aberdeen which was the best years of my life. I had a great time. I met so many folk and so many like-minded folk. Yeah. I felt like when I went away, there wasn't that much connection of farming in Shetland, apart from we were obviously doing the monitor farm project, which was great. But I joined the Young Farmers when I was Sooth and I really connected with a lot of folk there. And it's just really opened up my my relationships with folk and... Um, I worked on a farm doing Sooth as well, so that was also extra experience because college was only three days a week, which didn't really suit me because I like being busy, I love being active, I was mm-hmm. needing something else. Yeah. So it was great to get practical experience on this farm and I really got on with the fuck and I just loved my time away. But I And thankfully it was all with the support of my family looking after the farm here, then I was yeah. able to go. Yeah, because I mean, farming is a job that's 365 days a year. You can't put on an out of office and say, I'll be back in two weeks. <laughs> so if yes, you... absolutely. The animals are relying on you. So you kind of just say, oh, sorry, you need to be hungry this day. Um, but at the same time, I think it's important to get time off of the farm and yeah. work around that whether that's getting family members to help when you're away or um going in the summer is good because the animals are outside so I think yeah. it's really important to get time for yourself yeah absolutely and it the nature of the job too is I mean it can be quite a solitary life you're working on your own quite a lot and you're working long kind of unforgiven hours as well so I suppose the connections that you made at college and meeting other young farmers that builds a a kind of community that you can kind of tap into when you need it. Yeah absolutely it's great to have that like-minded folk about you and I guess we've started a young farmers in Shetland new which has really helped get a close-knit group of folk that are keen on farming and you can that they're there to speak to at any time yeah and do you do you feel that some of your peers like at, like other people the same age that maybe just work a nine to five job do, do you think that they understand the kind of demands that there are on you when you when you've got a farm that you have to look to all the time Yes and no. I think when I was farming full time, like you can, when I kind of took it on, first of all, then a lot of my pals were like getting annoyed because I couldn't go for lunch because I couldn't just drop in everything and go and I couldn't maybe do as much at the weekends. But new, I think we found a balance that I'm more open with them and then they can understand that I cannot just drop everything. So yeah. I think it's about, again, sharing the story and opening up to your peers and saying, oh, no, I want to manage that. And then you get a more understanding of each other. Yeah. And as well as doing 
this farm and life, you also won quite a prestigious award in, was it 2018, you won the BBC Countryfile Farm and Heroes Award? That's right. Um, Falk in the community actually put was forward for that. They nominated West. We didn't ken on anything about it. So when we when Kirsty got the phone call about that we'd been selected as a as the top three, it was just amazing. We felt so proud that somebody had nominated West and seen how hard that we had been working. It was just an amazing feeling. Yeah. And it must be, I mean, it must be quite emotional as well, looking back and just, and just, because it is such a huge accolade to get, and just to, to feel that the whole community really supported you and, and supported everything that you did, and, and just all that hard work that you put in over the years had been recognised. Yeah, the recognition was really good. I felt so... It was really, I was just so proud of our work and it just showed how strong a family that we were, that we could carry on and yeah. make something so hard and a bad moment into something so beautiful and lovely, yeah. Yeah, and, and you, I mean, you, you're continuing to develop the farm and how you work the land in Bigton and you're the monitor farm here in Shetland, is that right? Yeah, the Monitor Farm project was a three-year project that started in 2017. So we actually had our last meeting this year in February. Mm -hmm. um, so that's just been amazing. It was great to get the community together because when it, we heard about it first, then it was only a couple of years after Dad had died, so we weren't sure about it. But mm -hmm. I just knew that the Shetland community needed it we needed something to bring agriculture together again. So it meant that we hosted six meetings a year to a community group and they came on the farm and we did some business group as well, which was analyzing your business. And I think it just really opened up the business. And well, we were happy to do that because we just came on the farm. So we were kind of at a new start, whether we hadn't been working the land for 40 years. so. You can, we were just starting, so we we're happy to open everything up, and it meant that we could have a right insight look into our business. Mm -hmm. So, the monitor farm, I'm pretty sure everybody learned something at each meeting, and it was just great to see everybody socializing. And I think it got speakers up for Sooth that we'd never have gotten up, obviously, because it's so expensive. So, yeah. And I hope we can kind of bring something forward for that, maybe even meeting up twice a year or getting a speaker up, which would just keep everybody together. Yeah, and just keep that momentum going. Yeah, we're very open to change. And I think the Monitor Farm showed us that as well. Um, well, one of the main things we have done is started, we took on Shetland sheep. So we're breeding our own replacements, which gives us control for our kind of our core flock that we can really control the characteristics that we want and what to breed from what. So that's been really good. We have start. So our granddad and generations before us has always outwintered Kai. 
but knew we've kind of, we brought two businesses together because it was kind of our, my mom's side of the family and my dad's side of the family. There was a firm on both and dad was working them, but he'd never managed to bring them together. So we've brought them together and it's okay. just, they're working hand in hand. So knew we out winter or the Kai doing it. Tob, which is kind of on the, at the south, of, south mainland of Shetland, and um, it kind of frees up the land here in Bigton. So that's been quite a big change. But I would say our dad was such a good farmer, there hasn't been much to change because yeah. it works so well. Yeah. And how, how big is the farm that you have now? So the farm at Bigton here, which is our home, is is about 350 acres. Mm-hmm. And then we've got a farm doing at Tobe, which is in Sumbra, and it's another 350 acres, Okay. which is quite a lot. It's just a 10-minute drive, which isn't too bad. Um, and then we've also taken on some rented ground, which has allowed us to, tain, to start the Shetland sheep. So that was another 300 acres. Wow. <laughs> so you're managing a lot of land. Yeah, there's a lot to mind. And what <laughs> is war is just a bit baffling. But uh, yeah, we're getting there. The fields. <laughs> yeah, and, exactly. And when you, when you speak about the sheep, is this, is it traditional Shetland sheep or is it Suffolk or yes very little um, what kind of breeds is it that you keep yes we've just taken on traditional Shetland sheep so with the rented land then there's some hill ground which has allowed us to put them there and they're very low maintenance they can just be put there they land themselves and that gives you the perfect sheep, sheep to breed apple they're really hardy they stay outside all year round and so we've got about 200 of them and then we've got 300 Shetland cross cheviot yows which is a kind of bigger sheep than the Shetland and then we put them to the Suffolk ram which gives you your Suffolk lamb which we sell for stores so the Shetland cross they're still hardy the lamb outside and they're really they're no much maintenance but they give you that bigger lamb which you can sell at the marts. Yeah and uh, I suppose the characteristics that you're looking for when you're breeding is that you're looking for to sell them for meat or, or do you sell the fleeces that's, too? That's right we're mainly looking for the characteristic we're looking for a nice big yow um, that's going to be easy lambing and so that they produce a nice big lamb so it can be sold for meat. We're, the Shetland sheep has a more finer wool and but we're not really taking into consideration that we're making, we'll breed them because they've, they're good mothering ability, they've got plenty of milk and hopefully rear two lambs so that's yeah. the main things. And they say that Shetland sheep can survive on fresh air. Yes, they can survive on nothing. They're <laughs> so low maintenance. It's just great. And what about the kai or the, the cows that you keep? We've got mainly Solaire Cross Shorthorn breed of coos. So 
we like the Solaire because it's easy calving. They're quite hardy as well. They can stay outside. Thankfully, we've got some sandy ground, so they're outside quite a lot. And then where Shorthorn is a native breed to the UK, so they're really good at producing for beef and they're nice fleshy type and they're really hardy as well. They've got, they grow quite thick winter coats in <laughs> winter, so it fairly keeps them warm and they're good mothers as well. And then they go to a Charlie bull so their calves are sold again at the marts for meat, which is a good mix. And I'm sometimes asked about about the marts here and do we have like abattoir facilities? Uh, so could you kind of just explain the the process of how we how we slaughter the animals here? Yep. So we've got the abattoir which is right next to the marts and it kills the animals and it can cut them up as well. They supply a lot of the restaurants and shops and well, they do a lot of the killing for the butchers, which is just great because it really keeps the meat here and it allows the shops and the restaurants to have local meat on offer, which is really important. And quite a lot of the animals are the lambs will be shipped away to the mainland and and kind of reared on on the mainland. Is that right? That's right. Yeah, um, a lot of the lambs are sold at the marts, which we've got a sale season of between September and November. The marts is open every weekend to sell lambs and sheep. So most of the lambs will go to, and then the biggest market is Europe. So Brexit will definitely be an issue depending on what comes out of that. Yeah. So yeah, that I suppose you'll not have any idea at this stage what the outcome of Brexit will look like for farming in Shetland and and the UK as a whole. No, it's very uncertain. Um, One of the worst things is that the MPs voted against having amendments in the trade agreement which would have stopped cheap imports and meat coming through so that could be a big threat to the beef and lamb market but we've just got hopefully our fingers crossed and hopefully the public of Britain will support with and keep buying British meat. Yeah, I think that's a really, really important message is that we that we have to protect the sh- both Shetland and UK farming. And to do that, as a consumer, you really should be, when you're buying meat, always looking for the, is it the little red tractor on the packet that, that shows that it's been um, reared in the UK? That's right, or a British flag or even a Scottish flag, which means it's Scotch beef or Scotch lamb, and that's just the best quality of meat. And you can be assured that it's reared to high standards because we've got a lot of inspections to keep up our standards in the UK. So, yeah, for a, a kind of typical day for you, what does a, a typical day on the farm look like? I usually get up between six and seven a.m. 
and then I go out if it's winter I'm kind of into the winter jobs new so we've got some animal some calves and the bulls inside so I go muck them out in the morning and then I'll come in for breakfast and usually I'll go feed some kai that's doing it told doing it at the Sumbra farm go check the stock maybe do a kind of bigger job maybe do some fencing or something and then come back to Bigton feed the calves and then it's tea time <laughs> so it's busy it's very busy and I just love this job it's I'm outside all the time and yeah. it's great well maybe not so great when it's <laughs> like blustering winds and rain in your face but a yeah. bit of waterproof and you're all good <laughs> and what would you say have been the greatest challenges that you've faced running the farm since you took over that's a tricky one I think some of the greatest challenges is just organizing my time I just feel like sometimes I do get too busy for myself and mm -hmm. But it's great to just kind of take a step back and have an overview of the business. Yeah, it's one of those jobs that you're never ever going to finish your to-do list. So when you're <laughs> when you're out and about, you'll probably see oh that fence needs repairing, and and you'll kind of be going around and you'll just be adding all these extra jobs to your already long to-do list. So I mean, how? How do you even start planning what your week or your month is going to look like? Yeah, that's right. Where to-do list is just never ending. Well, we're quite bad at planning. It's quite, I like farming because you kind of, you're working with the seasons and you feel like you're working with nature. Yeah. So a lot of the jobs are, well, season related. So Inu, we've just weaned our calves, which is We've taken them away from their mothers and they're inside new onto better, well, onto silage so that they can grow and continue to grow. And then our next couple of jobs is um, going to get the rams in with the yows. So it's very much seasonal and I suppose that kind of helps you count what you're doing next. Yeah. My idea, my goal would be to have a big calendar and you can write on what you're doing when mm -hmm. and then you just have to fit all the other jobs in like fencing and maintenance and just fit it into your day so it's just I love the challenge of it. I love like keeping your mind busy and my mind is just thinking a hundred miles an hour all the things we have to do but yeah, yeah it's great fun and farming in Shetland is quite challenging in itself because of where we're at at 60 degrees north where I mean we're closer to the Arctic Circle than we are to London and with that there it does make it more challenging particularly for growing so could you just kind of explain for those who are listening that might not be aware of the kind of climatic problems here what it's actually like and what kind of challenges you do have in terms of growing yeah it is quite challenging working with the weather here we get really harsh winters it's so dark and the wind is just gale force day after day mm -hmm. um 
and so that's quite hard and then we've got a short growing season I suppose it doesn't get warm until April time and then it's cold again in October so it's we've got nice long summer days but it's still just a warm up the soil takes a while so it is challenging for the crops but I think if you get it sown early enough then we've seen then we're usually harvesting in September which is along with the Scottish mainland so we're glad of that but I think September can be such an iffy month because it can be really wet yeah. really rainy sometimes so it's sometimes against you but I think the summers do make up for the harsh winters but generally it's quite a short growing season in the summer and Again, the farms seem understocked because there's so much grass in the summer, but by the winter, it all just disappears because yeah. we're surrounded by salt water and sea. Then the really harsh winds bring the salt water onto the land and it burns the grass off. So yeah. it just, you kind of stop that. Yeah. And I mean, you grow probably more than anybody else really you grow 60 acres of barley every year but you don't really grow other crops and people sometimes ask why why it's always um, animals here and why there's not more growing and that really is because the growing season is so short and challenging yes it is um there's just not a long enough growing season here and it just doesn't get as hot as it does even in Scotland. Yeah. So it's harder for the for the full, for doing full-scale vegetables or something. But I suppose it's also a limited market because, like, we used to grow potatoes, but then the market changed. We, we used to do... My granddad used to do home deliveries and deliver to shops and things. But now it's so accessible to get totties and vegetables from South, from the Scottish mainland, that nobody was looking for that. Everybody was just rushing to the supermarkets. So I think there is a limited market that we cannot just grow what we want because it's hard to sell. And do you think that that, do you think that that's changing and the attitudes are changing? I know for for myself that I always try and look for what I can get that's locally made or locally produced and do you think that attitudes are changing and that people are looking more for local produce and that in the future that might be something that will become viable again? Yes absolutely I think folk do have a sense of buying local and realizing that they do need to reduce their food miles Mm -hmm. so that we can reduce the amount of carbon it would be viable to look at growing vegetables and I think shops are also more open to buying them but it's just a big risk to take yeah yeah because if you if you're given over acres and acres and then and then it doesn't sell then that's land that you could have been using for growing something else or for, for that's right it's been a, a big expense to take so um i think there is there is a few farmers on shetland that i do can supply will grow totties and you can buy them in the local shops and things so it's yeah. great to see there is some local produce there yeah and 
we we often speak about crofting in Shetland and and farming and the two being different. How would you differentiate between a farm and a croft? Yeah, I would say a croft is a kind of part time somebody working part time on the croft, and then they've got another job along with it. Yeah, it's a, usually a smaller operation, and it just isn't viable to live off of the croft. Yeah, and there's relatively few dedicated farms in Shetland. You're one of the one of very few. That's right, yeah. Um a lot of the ground in Shetland is quite hilly and stony, so there's no room for improving that ground. So a lot of folk do just have some Shetland sheep and some kai that they can on their croft that they can um work with at the weekends and things. Yeah. And the Bigton farm where you're at is on some of the best farmland in Shetland. The South Mainland is kind of renowned for having the best agricultural land. Yeah, the South Mainland is great. It's got lovely big fields that are flat and there's a lot of improved land and arable land doing here. So I'm really proud of living down here as well. And do you have any kind of plans for the future? Are you are you thinking to develop anything else or make any changes? Or are you kind of happy with how things are going and just carry on with the, the breeding numbers that you've got? Yeah, I think there's always room for improvement on the farm. We'd like to get up to about 100 coos. I think we could cope with that and maybe some more sheep as well, maybe expand the Shetland sheep. And I think it's important that we get our core farming business to a place that we like. But I also have a couple of ideas for kind of diversification projects, like projects that would be off the farm and really hopefully tapping into the tourist industry. We just started those Shetland pony tours, which has been great. It's brought in a bit of income through the summer and I think it's just amazing to share the story of the Shetland ponies and sharing our view of that. So hopefully maybe we could look at farm tours or something like that that would um, educate the public as well as gain us a bit of income. Yeah, and so for, for anybody that was looking to to kind of have a, Shetland Pony experience or experience a working farm then can they contact you and and arrange that? Yes they can get in in contact with us through our Facebook page Bigton Farm. Fantastic and that's something that's really kind of grown here well no this year obviously with Covid but in the past few years there's definitely been an increase in the number of people who want to come here and really have that kind of experiences and really get under the skin of what a working farm or a working craft looks like and kind of get up close and personal with some of the livestock too. That's right. I think it would give them a feel of what it's like living on Shetland. So we would be happy to show folk that. And when you're when you're working on the on the farm, do you prefer working with the sheep or the cows? Oh, I way prefer the cows. I thought they so. Just, they're, 
Because they're so much more, they're easier to handle. Um, and the sheep, like, the, all they want to do is escape or die. <laughs> it's just, they just are always looking to get over to the other patch of grass or they're always looking to run the opposite way you want them to. So, no, I really love the Kai. And I think that's come from a passion for where granddad, he bred the Slayer Cross Shorthorn and he had a real passion for them. So we're just so proud to be breeding his legacy. Yeah, that yeah, that must be a really incredible feeling that it's not just the work that you're doing, but you're actually carrying on the work that your dad and your granddad and all the generations before you. So you're building on that foundations and just making it stronger. Yeah, it's amazing when you think about it. And so do you th- do you think that the the next generation, the next generation of budgers will continue the farm too? Yes, I would hope so. Definitely. And hopefully we can make the farm a sustainable business that it will be open for folk to tack on. Yeah, yeah, because that's always one of the difficulties we we farm and is that it is a lot of hard work and especially with the kind of economic climate and the political climate at the moment then things are things can be quite difficult for farmers yes because we rely on the markets and we're so reliant on the price that is set for us it can be really hard but i think that's i think a lot of farms are looking into their business and looking at their costs and just realizing they can make a profit from something they've always done just a pity change might need to happen yeah um i think also farmers are really realizing that they need to look after their soils and there'll be a big push for environmental impacts on farms so it's great to be working the land and the fact that we can impact that and hopefully see the environment and biodiversity come into it and that's right. I mean, if you, while you are custodians of the land, if you let your soils degrade, then that means that the generation that's coming next, they'll, they'll be inheriting problems. So you really want to keep it in as good condition as possible. That's right. And it completely starts with the soil, because if you have healthy soils, then you'll have healthy crops and that'll help your livestock grow. So you really need to get doing and into the nitty gritty and we do a lot of soil analysis which is great it shows the minerals in your soil and just the format of it so that's really interesting so it's about all science too oh yeah i use all my biology lessons nearly every day yeah <laughs> i know it's all these things that um that you sometimes just never consider when you're driving past the farm and you, you're just looking out across the fields, but you never consider all the effort that goes into kind of getting them into that condition and, and allowing the crops to grow. Absolutely. Like a farmer isn't just a farmer. It's so much more you have to think about. So it's a lot of work, but it's always rewarding. We spoke earlier about how you, how important it was to kind of give yourself time off away from the farm. How do you kind of find that time to do the things that young people normally do? And what would you do with your free moments? 
<laughs> um, one thing I love to do is go riding on my horses. Me and my sisters are big horse riders. We've rode all our lives and we had Shetland ponies when we were younger, which I think was really good of our dad letting us do that. It gave us a sense of responsibility and mm-hmm. caring for your animals. It really taught with so much, so much lessons in life, I suppose. Yeah. So I love spending time. We go galloping across the beach and it's just amazing. The wind in your hair and the yeah. sand flicking up. It's just great fun. I went on a horse once and I got on and I fell off before like oh no it wasn't even the horse wasn't even moving like I just got <laughs> on and I don't know fell off and that was, really <laughs> that was the last time I was on a horse <laughs> oh dear I think it takes 17 times to fall off until you're a good rider you've got 16 to go <laughs> <laughs> yeah just keep going and that you also the the last time I was at the farm I spied a hot tub in one of your outbuildings. <laughs> That's right. We bought the hot tub a couple of years ago, and we just love having our friends around and uh, having some cocktail nights as well. It's just been great with the long summer days and the bony nights. Then we sat outside until midnight or one o'clock and. Just we love getting the music on and having a pretty dance and having a laugh. It's just great fun. And you'll get fantastic sunsets where you're at because you're on the on the west side. Yes, it's been amazing. I love the sunsets through the summer. And you you mentioned that people can contact you on the Bigton Farm Facebook page, and you've got an Instagram page too. Yeah, we've got both of them and they've been really successful. I think after this farm in life, the TV program Fuck wanted to keep following with. Yeah. So I think we're nearly at 5,000 likes on our Facebook page and about 2,000 like followers on our Instagram. So I think it's great. I love engaging in the public and educating them through the social media and I think especially we West then a lot of folk following West feels the connection to Shetland. Well, I love following your stories on Instagram because it's always like getting like a snippet into what you're doing and just what what life on farm looks like and the jobs that you're doing at that time of the year. And like you said, it's like it educates people about the kind of farm and calendar and, and what it is that you do. So I think it's fantastic. So I would definitely urge people to follow you. Oh, that's lovely. Thank you. Yes, you'll see a lot of coos and some sheep and then a lot of our dogs. We just love our sheep dogs. How many do you have? We've got four, you know. We've got Boris, the old one. He's a kind of he's in retirement, but <laughs> he's found a new lease of life recently and is just running about. So that's good. Then we've got Lad. He is about eight years old, I think. And we've got Mac. He's my main dog. Um, I got him a couple of years ago, and he was professionally trained, which is just amazing. Like we used to have dogs. Well, like Boris was just trained by our dad. And he was good, but he wasn't the best. So it's just great how slow Mac is with the sheep. And he can you can tell him which way to go and he understands. Yeah. 
And yeah. we've got Spot as well, so he's brilliant too. Yeah, it's amazing to watch a proper sheepdog at work when they're can the sheep and they're it, it's just amazing to to watch the interaction between the farmer and the sheepdog and how the dog knows exactly what to do and where to put the sheep in. I yeah, have no idea how a... you do it. <laughs> <laughs> it is truly amazing and it yeah, it shows the the trust in each other. Yeah. And finally, I'll not keep you any longer because I came that you're busy, but finally for visitors that are coming to Shetland, what would your top three recommendations be for things to do or places to visit? I think, well, one of them has to be walk across at Indian's Isle. I Just agree. going across the beach and then up onto the aisle, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, you'll see some of our sheep as well, so they'll hopefully welcome you. Yep. Um, and you'll pass, think... you'll pass the farm too to get down to the beach. That's right. So that's an extra bonus. I think going out in Larrick, there's some really nice places to eat. So hopefully mm -hmm. going to one of the restaurants and getting local produce, which would be really good. Um, what, would, what would your choice on the menu be? What would you go for? Would you go for beef, lamb, fish? Oh, I always go for lamb. I lamb. love some lamb, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I think maybe, well, you could take a trip to the islands. Um, that's always really interesting. We spent our summer ex kind of exploring Shetland, which is a bit funny, but yeah. <laughs> just going to Fetler or somewhere that there's no money fuck there and yeah. really looking at how remote some of the places are. Yeah, yeah, Fetler's an amazing island. We go there every year for our summer holidays. I just love Fetler. Yeah, it's really bony and it's just amazing and it is it's quiet it's it's quieter you do feel that it's quieter there and there's less people and it just feels I don't know it just feels like you're able to disconnect a bit well listen Amy thank you so much for coming on and speaking to us that's been really good thank you for having me um I would just like to say encourage every all the women to go into agriculture it's a great industry Absolutely, yeah. We need more women in agriculture. <laughs> Thank you very much, Amy. Right, lovely. Thank you. Bye-bye. Uh, Cheers. Thank you for listening. This podcast can only be made possible by my supporters on Patreon. So a huge thank you to all my patrons. If you would like to support me in bringing you more of these shows, you can sign up and become a patron. You will find details about how to sign up in the show notes below or at www.patreon.com and just search Shetland with Laurie. And remember, you can find more on Instagram and give me a follow at Shetland with Laurie. So thank you once again for listening and we will see you here next time. And in the meantime, safe and happy travels. <laughs>